A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Coming to you almost live, it's time once again for Tom Reads Your Story, the number one spoken word podcast on the web for audiobooks, social media posts, current events, and just plain whatever. So let's start the show. For the next half hour, I'll be your host. I'm voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zanian. Hey, everyone, it's Tom Zania. Welcome, everyone. We will talk about the road ahead here at Tom Read Your Story right after this. In early September comes a story of horror and haunting regret. A group of homeless men fishing for a little fun and folly latch on to something that might be a mermaid. Remember, regret lives on and lingers long after the last teardrop has fallen. Harry's Mermaid is written by the poetic master of modern-day horror, Steve Vernon, and narrated by Tom Zanian. Rust Belt, USA, where steel is dead, hope is scarce, and hardship is a way of life. Miles Junction is but one of many northeastern Ohio towns, long forgotten and left behind, its residents living on the cusp of financial, emotional, even spiritual destitution. Taking place during the last few decades of the 20th century, in just the right light, written by William R. Solden and narrated by Tom Zania, is a glimpse at one region's bleak inheritance and the precarious lives of those who remain to rummage through the fallout of its past. There's a doorway on Mars that has mankind's greatest minds perplexed. Deep beneath Mars, an ancient secret is revealed, and a team of explorers led by Forrest Judge, Deputy Commander. The doorway closes, and the team is trapped. Six mission specialists each with unique skills, each with different reasons for wanting to break free of the primordial trap. In Dinosaur Red, written by Edward J. McFadden III and narrated by Tom Zania, Judge is forced to choose between escape and changing the course of humanity. What will he do? All three of these great books are narrated by Tom Zania and are available now at audible.com. And we are back. Folks, last week, we had our 100th episode. And, well, we've got a studio audience member who has decided to show some love by applauding. And that would be me. But the thing of it is, uh, you know, we had our 100th episode last week. And it went well. But... um, it started me to thinking about something that I I need to put out there this week. And that is this. What is the road ahead for Tom Reed's story? What is the road ahead? Where are we going? Are we curving to the right or the left? Are we going straight ahead and, and, and do 
uh, and keep doing what we've been doing, which has kind of been all over the place. And that's kind of what I've arrived at. We are, we're probably going to keep chugging ahead and, and keeping our options open. And I guess I just want to do it all. I, I, I wanted the spoken word to be the backdrop of the show. That much I do want to continue with. And I, I want to keep doing uh, readings from books and from social media. And possibly something new, maybe, maybe get into interviews if I can set myself up for it here at our uh, New York studios. <clears throat> but I, I want to make sure, first of all, that my content is on point, that I'm not just wasting your time. Because here's the thing. I want you to keep listening. I'll say it again. I want you to keep listening. Whether this is your first time listening or your 100th time listening. I want you to keep listening because it shows me that I might just have something important to say that people want to hear. And I, I want you to, to come into this not just, okay, I wasn't your stupid podcast. No. Please come in here. I want you dressed up. No, you don't have to be dressed up. But anyway, I, I, I just want you to pay attention to the show at least once. Now, I, I realize if you're a regular listener, there's going to be times when you want to get up and go pee or go make some toast or whatever. That's fine. Sooner or later, people are going to just listen to this once in a while. Um, but if you're new, if, if you are someone who is listening for the first time, your, your attention when listening for the first time is important. Don't just l not listen, but play the, play the show. That's not what I want you to do. Uh, take some interest. Be a part of it. Okay. All right. Uh, enough of that. Anyway, um, so today, um, like I said, uh, we are talking about the road ahead, and the road ahead is just that. It's still very open, uh, but it's still a road, <laughs> and it's a road forward, okay? Now, um I'm going to play probably something that I recorded uh, some time ago. Lately, I have been playing, or excuse me, replaying things that I have done, be they audiobooks, be they Facebook posts. Now, the Facebook posts I really like, and I really appreciate there's a small 
contingent of wonderful writers that have agreed to come with me on this spectacular journey through the world of podcasting. And you know who they are if, if you've listened before. And I, I, play, I have played their contributions at least once or twice. And uh, I'm very, very thankful uh, that they're around to do these things that I can sometimes use. So I'll, I'll be doing more of that. Uh, I'll be doing a little of that today. Uh, I'm not quite sure yet what it's going to be, but you'll hear it, and I think you'll like it. And um, listen, I'll be right back after this. Do you need a good professional sound for your podcast? I'm Tom Zania, voice actor and podcast host of Tom Reads Your Story. I can give you the sound you're looking for for your podcast intros and advertisements at the price and turnaround you need. So don't hesitate and send me a message at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com. And we are back. And, uh, you know, we're talking uh, today, or <laughs> I'm talking today, uh, to you about the road ahead for this podcast that we all call Tom Read Your Story. And it's, it's, I can't honestly say that the road ahead is going to be that different from what you have so far heard. Uh, it might. Uh, there, there are some changes that have already taken place. We now have a new um, intro that I worked very hard on <laughs> and I hope you like it. And, uh, we have started playing that already and it'll be on this, this podcast episode as well. Um, I have just purchased a new microphone that is coming next week. The audio technica 2005 dynamic mic, which I really believe is going to improve the sound of the show. Uh, and I'm speaking, of course, of me talking into the microphone, that sound. Um, and if it's not, then I'll go back to what I've been using or something like that. And um, so we're doing that. We got the new intro. We've got the new uh, microphone that's coming. What else have I got that's new? Uh, more acoustical paneling on the walls, which you may have seen a picture of on Facebook. Uh, that should be it. Um, I, I noticed, I, I remember that we talked a little bit last week uh, about me possibly doing an episode on acting. I'm going to make it just a little mini episode that we'll do right now. Uh, I'm going to play something by my friend Rodney Vaccaro, a frequent contributor to the show, as I always say. And it's about acting. It's about what actors do. And that counts voiceover people. 
because voiceover people audition for stuff just like stage actors and just like film actors and TV actors. We get put on a tape, okay? Uh, if you are auditioning, if you're in a serious audition with a casting director, and usually that's not the very first audition, usually it's the second or third or whatever, they videotape you. Well, they do the same thing for voiceover. It, at your home studio, you make a recording of whatever the project is. If it's a commercial, they're going to give you the copy or they'll email it to you and you will do that copy and you'll email the finished copy to whoever it is that wants to hear it so that they can consider you for a job. And that's, this is what actors do their whole career, their whole lives actually. And, um, it's it's a necessary evil of the business. I don't particularly like it most of the time. Sometimes I'll really like it if it's something challenging and something I really have a hold of. I'll say, boy, I, I can't wait to try out for this, whatever that may be. And uh, anyway, I'm going to play this thing that Rodney wrote um, about acting. I hope you like it. You know, I listened twice to Terry Gross's fascinating interview with Isaac Butler about the method. Of all the arts, I am most inspired by actors. It is an incredibly difficult job. When I write, what is foremost in my mind is giving an actor something to play because I so love what they can do. Anyhow, one of the things they fixate on in the interview is De Niro and his publicized weight gain for Raging Bull and the dangers to his health and so forth. And I remember people being obsessed with this. And this morning, I was thinking how little people cared about the tens of thousands of pounds women starve themselves to lose to this day for movie roles with equal danger to their health not to mention the billions of women who see movies and starve themselves to attain the impossible body image they see in movies. But back to the method. Here's an interesting thing. They talk about the Godfather films being landmarks of American acting, as they well are. You know, actors used to be identified by their teachers. And in those films, you see Pacino, who was a Strasbourg student, De Niro, who studied with Adler, and Keaton, Duvall, and Kahn, who were all students of Meisner. These are probably the three most influential acting teachers in America. And here are their techniques, working in absolute harmony. It's tragic how actors seldom study anymore. Because of the way films are made, you can still get acceptable performances out of people who are not really actors, but these celebrities are missing out on an almost godlike experience. The experience of study. The process of discovery. This is why so few of them have careers anymore. They are just replaced with another personality who will be replaced and so forth. It was interesting how, during the Butler interview, they so often returned to Brando, who was never a method actor and often spoke out against the system. 
Here's the thing about Brando. You cannot discuss him in terms of any other actor. He was an anomaly. I was never a very good actor, but when I was in New York, I studied, and I was accepted at the actor's studio, but what I found there in those days were a lot of people very impressed with themselves for being part of the actor's studio. It felt like a cult. It just didn't set well with me. So I went with Eddie Grove at the Chekhov School. Eddie was a wonderful teacher and a fascinating man. He said he was at the actor's studio the few times Brando was there. He said, really, Adler sort of discovered Brando and taught him a bit, but Brando was born brilliant. His talent really belonged to nobody but God. He was also really belligerent. Eddie said that he was there the day of the famous break with Strasburg. He said Brando did a small scene, and when he finished, Strasburg began to critique the scene. As Strasburg was speaking, Brando got up, went to his seat, came back on stage with the New York Times, turned his chair so his back was to Strasburg, and began doing the crossword. Eddie said Strasburg's face turned red. He threw down his clipboard and stormed out of the room. After a moment, one of his accolades came in and said, Mr. Brando, Mr. Strasburg says he will not return until you are gone. And Brando left. Wow. Strasburg has a wonderful quote. The actor creates with his own flesh and blood all those things which all the arts try in some way to describe. He also said something like, the body does not understand the difference between making love and pretending to make love. This is why acting is so difficult and why the people who do it must have incredible strength. There is no buffer between you and your work. You are your work. I think this is part of what drove Brando crazy and why so many actors become self-destructive. There's another part. The nature of both movie making and theater production is such that the business of these crafts must be funded by an audience and so the product of this relationship becomes the will of the populace. We are in a period of non-art right now and it isn't because there aren't great writers or great actors. It is because the general populace will not support work that supports the better nature of these crafts. This isn't any more tragic than any other event in time that leads to some other event. But it is interesting to think about how we got to this place and imagine what will bring us out. A very good piece from Facebook by Rodney there. I hope you like that. And uh, very agreeable too, uh, of what he's saying. We, um, we have so many well-known stars uh, in our, that we remember in our past, like Brando. And we, we always learn little bits and pieces of them or how they behaved uh, uh, through the years. And it's, it's really interesting. The, all the stuff, uh, a, a lot of it very negative about Brando and just how he behaved toward people. And 
uh, interviews. I think you got a little crazy during one Larry King interview, I think, if I remembered. I hope I can play it for you sometime. But um, it, it brings to mind something that's happened uh, very recently, and I've just read about this today. James Earl Jones is having a theater named after him. Isn't that, I think that's great. Uh, the Court Theater, uh, I guess is, uh, in the near future, is going to be renamed after, uh, I guess, uh, after James Earl Jones. I guess it'll call, they'll call it the James Earl Jones Theater. Uh, but I want to read this article from whatsonstage.com. Okay. Broadway's Court Theater will be renamed after trailblazing stage and screen actor James Earl Jones when the building reopens for productions following a series of ongoing renovations. Jones's Broadway career began in 1957, and he played his first role at the court in 1958's Sunrise at Campobello, later reappearing on that stage in the 2005 revival of On Golden Pond. Over the course of his 64-year theater career, he earned Tony Awards for The Great White Hope and Fences, in addition to a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2017. He has played 14 shows in Schubert-owned venues like The Court, including The Gin Game, Driving Miss Daisy, You Can't Take It With You, and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. For me, standing in this very building 64 years ago, at the start of my Broadway career, it would have been inconceivable that my name would be on the building today, Jones said in a statement. Let my journey from then to now be an inspiration for all aspiring actors. The Schubert organization announced a full-scale renovation of the Court Theater a year ago today which includes enhanced seating and additional restrooms and concession spaces, uh, spaces for patrons, new dressing rooms, wardrobe facilities, and rehearsal spaces for artists, and enhanced stage functionality to allow for more technically demanding productions. The work is planned for completion this summer. The Schuberts acquired the court in 1927 after it opened in 1912. A formal dedication in Jones's honor will take place in the future. Isn't that fantastic? I, I you know, it makes me feel the same way when I heard about the um, the Stephen Sondheim Theater. I thought that is incredible. That people who deserve to have a theater named after them can have that. That is great, and. Uh, and yes, he is definitely an inspiration to all actors. Uh, he was spoken about by uh, the late Paul Dreer. Uh, apparently, he did something in northern Michigan, and I don't know where it was. But he did something uh, in his early days as an actor uh, in Michigan that, uh, that Paul had remembered and, and spoke to several of us about. 
So that's pretty neat. So the road ahead, getting back to the subject at hand. Like I said, it's not going to change that much. Um, little things here and there, the, like the things I mentioned. Um, I hope you stay with us. And that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Read Your Story. Portions were pre-recorded. Tell your friends if you enjoyed your visit today because we're always looking for new ones. Thanks, Anchor.fm, for this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, take care, everyone. Bye now. This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.